welcome to Rorschach, your reality. This is Hannah, your host, and I am so glad you're joining me here today. I am interviewing Belle Jennings. She shares some amazing things about being open to making investments in yourself and growing as a person. So thank you again for joining us. Let's go ahead and get started. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We have an amazing guest, Belle Jennings, and she is a mindset coach, the leader of Rise Into Purpose, a program for finding and achieving your entrepreneurial calling. And all of this started a few years ago, and she became a digital nomad. So I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining us here, Belle. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So who you are, what you're doing, and maybe something you're passionate about? Yeah, of course. Um, So I am a Colorado native, and I actually just touched down back in Colorado, like, not even 24 hours ago. um, (laughs) Because I'm actually currently uh, what we call, you know, like a nomad. I'm traveling the world, living in different places for two to three months at a time, pretty much however long either I want to or what the visa restrictions are. Um, Yeah, and I'm doing all of that while working online. I'm a former teacher and those values and those drives and the love for educating really propelled me into my current world of being a coach Mm -hmm. uh, because the classroom, the formal education sphere was just killing me with the politics and the hours and all these different things. So I took my passions and I took my values and I just grew them and nurtured them and created something that was perfect for me and that fulfilled everything that I wanted. So now I'm out living my best life and I absolutely love it. Oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. And just a quick little, a little rabbit trail here. Um, So Mm -hmm. I also am a former teacher and I know I reached this point with teaching where I knew that I wanted to transition to something else, but also I felt a lot of guilt about it. Like good teachers love their students and good teachers are willing to go above and beyond, you know, like, and I imagine that a lot of professions, you know, maybe like nursing and um, helping professions really even when you know you're burnt out and exhausted and like kind of personally done, I think it's common to kind of feel some guilt about actually leaving. Did you experience that at all? I mean, yeah, there was a lot of guilt. So I left after my very first year. So I felt like I was letting so many people down. Here I was, this teacher with such great promise who did love her students, who did love the classroom, who did love her work. But you know, was throwing in the towel after the first year because she was already burnt out. Um, Mm. And I felt bad about like, you know, I I just went through college, which my dad helped me with tremendously. And now I'm, you know, quote unquote, throwing away my degree and all these things. So there was a lot of guilt with that. I totally get it. But it eventually came down to what is the worst, like which of the two is the worse or evil? Me staying in a job that I love, but it, that is, you know, tearing me down and killing me slowly where I will eventually hate it and will eventually take that hate out on the people that I love, possibly including my students, or do I leave now and find another way to, you know, love and to do good work in this world? 
Mm. Oh, I love that. And when you mentioned, you know, the amount of money and time and energy that you had just put into getting your your four-year degree and then, you know, one year of teaching and knowing like it wasn't for you, that was a huge investment. And I think that college and education, like, is so worth it. And in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of people benefit from it. Um, but then you pivoted and started moving more towards something remote, uh, something that would allow you more freedom and travel. Did you immediately invest more money into training or into a program? And how did you kind of get your head around that? I didn't immediately invest, you know, it took, um, I think it took like two years of just trying to find the next nine to five, trying to find the next stereotypical passion. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally decided I'm not going to be happy until I work online, until I work remotely, until I can work for myself, you know, when I came into that realization, it then took another like six to eight months of following a coach of kind of, I think I got on two or three different discovery calls with her before I signed up and like, it took some time. Um, but I did eventually reinvest in it. I love that. And I, I think that so often, especially there's something about the online space that we want to feel like I can totally take it on. Like I can do this, you know, there's, there's so many free resources, you know, and, and I know I kind of initially had this mindset of like, you know, with YouTube and Google and all of the the groups, like there's no excuse to not be able to figure it out on yourself was kind of this like story I told myself. And then mm-hmm. like just coming to the realization of like, yes, like you could figure this out by yourself by piecemealing all of the things together, but it's going to be so time consuming and you never really have a solid foundation of anything when you just have all of these pieces and then you don't know what you don't know. So you're just kind of like floating in the dark. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's something like, you know, some people will say, oh, well, why pay for a college education when you could just go to the public library and teach it all to yourself? It's like, theoretically, yes, you could do that. And you probably could do it in the same amount of time and learn the same amount of stuff and possibly even more and all these different things. But there's still certain elements that you miss. And there's also going to be a lot of trial and error. And there's going to be a lot of back and forth and all these different things. And so, yes, you can work for yourself online without ever ever paying for a coach. That's entirely possible. But, you know, there's a lot of risk within it because you're going to, there's a very high chance for burnout because you're going to be so confused. You're going to be trying everything and not really having a strategy and clarity. And more than anything, you're, you're going to be doing it without support. Mm-hmm. And that has been the number one thing that I've learned in my journey is that support is a million times more important than education and resources and all these other things just having someone in your corner who's there for you no matter what is truly a difference between success and failure oh yes I resonate with that so much and it's like okay it doesn't matter how many resources and freebies and YouTube videos and blogs that you're reading and watching and consuming it like at the end of the day when you're all alone you can't really ask your personal questions or get support or have someone who's connected to you 
help guide you through it when it's just, you know, a resource that was made for thousands of people to consume. Um, it's, it's yeah. not really tailored to, to you or your life, your, your business. And so definitely uh, some personalized support is huge. Um, could you talk a little bit about maybe a specific investment that you made that was maybe difficult for you initially um, and then how that paid off or how you kind of gave yourself the, the courage or the ability to, to dive in and do it anyways, even if it was hard? Yeah, so I'll actually use um, an example that I think more and more people can resonate with than just like, oh, I hired my online coach, which was a challenge and which was a stretch, but turned out to pay really pay off really well. Um, but the real thing for me was therapy, signing up for therapy. Um, you know, I was struggling with depression and anxiety for a very long time, which was you know, amplified by teaching, which was amplified by leaving teaching and by all these other things. And I eventually got to the point where I was like, I could theoretically find a way to deal with all of this and get past it on my own, or I could hire a therapist and actually take care of this and take care of it quickly and correctly and safely. And I actually think that by investing in a therapist, which is something that's very, you know, it's still within our capitalist world. It's still within the traditional nine to five setting. You know, we're very used to, yeah, you hire a therapist if you need one. By navigating through that block and hiring one and really dedicating time and money and energy into my well-being and my growth, that actually unlocked the world of online coaches and all these other things where I'm like, I'm paying hundreds to thousands of dollars for a therapist to help me navigate a problem. Well, mm -hmm. over here, I have another problem. I have a career problem and I need training and I need support. Why am I going into that with the same stinginess that I had towards my mental health? You know, like, why am I holding on to a couple hundred dollars because, oh, there are so many freebies. I could just learn it on my own. You know, therapy was showing me that I can heal so much faster mm -hmm. and in, a, in such a lighter, healthier way by just letting go of some pride and letting go of some ego and investing in my health. Well, why can't I replicate that in my career? Why can't I replicate that in my relationships and all these different things? And it just started a domino effect for me. And it's been incredible. Ah, uh, and I, uh, I love that you use the word stingy <laughs> for like when we we're kind of like holding on because, um, uh, you know, that goes so much with that scarcity mindset. And I, I grew up very much in a home where, you know, it's like, okay, you know, always kind of budgeting and, you know, trying to make things work. And like, there wasn't a sense of necessarily abundance uh, for a lot of my childhood. And then going into adulthood, it was very much the same where it just felt like, you know, no matter how much money we were making, there was always, you know, this thing that came up or this other expense. And I realized like that I very much can tend naturally towards being kind of stingy and tight fisted just in terms of like, feeling this lack or feeling this fear around like there might not be enough. Um, and I actually had a similar experience where 
starting to make small investments in myself really opened me up. Like when I was teaching, it was like, it was a very stressful profession for me. And I tend to carry stress in my body. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I was just so tight. I mean, my back, my neck, having headaches, like just strong, tight. Um, And, you know, my husband was like, you need, you know, cause I'd always be like begging for a back rub or something. And he's like, you need like professional assistance. <laughs> like, yeah. You're it's really bad. And so like I got a monthly membership at a spa and I got a massage every month. And at first it was really hard for me just like, Oh, what have I done? Like what a waste. And then I was like, but is it? Because I walk out of there feeling like a new person, <laughs> uh, you know, like in a very physical, tangible way, it made a huge difference. And I think like some of those little investments, like $60 a month. And then I started going to counseling, like, okay, $25 a week. And my insurance was covering the rest of it. And these like small investments kind of opened me up to the idea that spending money for your own health, whether that's physical or, or mental or your well-being, is so worth it. And it's not something to second guess or feel guilt about or try to find the cheapest way, you need to be able to to spend some money and invest some money into yourself. And that's something to feel really good about. So I love that you mentioned that. (laughs) And I think it's so funny because I did the exact same thing. I purchased a monthly uh, massage package Hmm. when I was a teacher. And I remember two of the most effective days for me as a teacher out of the month was the day of my massage because I was just so excited (laughs) forward to relaxation. So I was always in a better mood. And then the very next day when I was relaxed, when I was slightly less tight and healed, I showed up so much better in the classroom on those two Mm. days than any other day in the month. And I think in addition to stinginess, in addition to the dollar, the price tag, I really think that there's a lot more to the scarcity and abundance mindset than just scarcity and abundance. A lot of it is actually self-confidence and self-worth. You know, when we look at the $5 Starbucks coffee, we're like, okay, it's expensive, but it tastes good. And it's going to make me feel better right now. You know, it's going to give me these things that I need when I purchase a car that is a tangible object. I can hold it. I can see it. It's going to serve a purpose. You know, I'm buying it for X, Y, and Z reasons, and it's going to fulfill those reasons without a doubt. But when we invest in ourselves in things like massage, um, you know, we think like, oh, well, that's kind of, uh, what's, what's the word for it? Like frivolous or yeah, frivolous. It's selfish. It's self-indulgent. You know, it's like you can survive with just having your husband rubbing your shoulders or by, you know, rolling a tennis ball across (laughs) your shoulders and all these things you can survive. So why are you going to go spend money and spend time on something that is just going to make you feel good? You know, Mm -hmm. like there's that kind of tendency to it. And I think a lot of it is because we get trapped in this world of, well, I'm not deserving of feeling good. And whether we give voice to that or not, that is really the fear behind it. I'm not deserving of not feeling pain in my shoulders. I am not deserving of peace and happiness and all these different things. 
I think because for so long we've em emphasized the hustle, we've emphasized the grind. You know, you can't be successful without pain. So we hold on to the pain instead of recognizing it's like, no, I'm deserving of happiness and wellness right now. Mm, I love that. Yes. And I think probably like something that I struggled with a lot was this feeling of like, almost like my, my tension, my pain issues, all of these things were things that I had like somehow brought on myself. And like, well, if you would just calm down, if you would just stress mm -hmm. less, if you wouldn't be such an anxious person, then you wouldn't be having these problems and kind of like almost directing this like guilt and kind of blame back on myself. Like these are just signs that you're not good enough. And so no, you're not going to go waste your money on you know, on yourself, um, and so I, I definitely think it was a, a big deal for me to get my mind around, like I'm worth an investment and these are things that do improve my life and I don't have to like guilt and shame myself that yes, I, I tend to be like a high stress, intense person. And it, that also makes me really passionate and dedicated and motivated. Um, right. but it also comes with some physical side effects that I'm, I can invest to alleviate and, and really make myself feel better. So. Definitely that self-worth piece is huge. Yeah. And kind of furthering on that, something I've recognized in this past year where I've been really emphasizing self-care and self-wellness is that, you know, my high stress tendencies, which I used to just write off of, you know, like, well, that's just how I am. I'm a very passionate, very ambitious, like full throttle kind of person. By emphasizing my self-care and by allowing myself to kind of slow down, that stress has reduced overall, mm -hmm. like not just in the hour of the massage and, you know, the couple hours afterwards, it has reduced to the point where I don't need massages as often. Hmm. And so there's this long-term wellness that we don't really think about. And then it connects with, you know, I'm not worthy of investing in myself for my business or for my dreams and all these different things there's really a fear behind all of it that either we won't make it useful. Like if you're a very high stress individual, what's the point in getting a massage when your stress is just going to bring those tension knots mm. back, you know? Um, yes. And so when you say that, it makes me think of um, when I was getting massage and I would leave and feel so wonderful. And then of course, by, by the time it was time for my next massage, I would be very tight and tense again. Mm -hmm. um, but like kind of two things. One is that as I continued to go, like, yes, I still had physical stress in my body, but it was, it was never as bad as it was those first couple of sessions. Like it, it started to kind of decrease and deescalate. But I think also there is a sensation of like, when I would get a massage and I would go out just feeling like this burden had been lifted, you know, it was like things had just kind of like released in a physical way. And I think it kind of opened my, my mind or my eyes to the idea that I, in the same way, I don't have to carry that physical burden of stress and tension. I don't have to like carry the internal burden of that either. Like mm -hmm. I can release that too. Like it's okay to let go of things. And I kind of see physical tension as a way of like holding on to things. 
And I know that I tend to do that. I'm kind of an internalizer. Um, and, and I tend to hold on to things without necessarily consciously meaning to or thinking about it. And like through the process of like physically releasing things that I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know how bad it was until it was gone. I kind of realized like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of things internally that I also am holding on to that I like, I don't have to, like I could choose to let them go. And not only will I feel so much better, but I'll just be so much more opened up or ready to receive or interact with other things that would be better for me. So um, yeah, definitely kind of that, that process. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So kind of talking about investing in ourselves I know that you had invested in going through the Laptop Freedom Program and becoming an, a VA, and then I also know that's not something you're doing anymore. And I think kind of in the process of even just a year or two, you kind of did the program, became a VA, and then transitioned out. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I think, I know for myself anyway, sometimes I can feel a lot of stress about investing in something if I kind of am like, well, this might just be short term. Like, I might not do this forever. Like, should I really put money into it? Should I really like make that investment? Like, what if it's just a stepping stone, which, um, you know, a lot of people that are doing things online are still like kind of feeling things out and what you're, what you're doing now may change and look really different in six months or a year. And one of, I think the huge bonuses of, doing things online or having a business presence that's primarily online is that it's really easy to kind of transition and flow and shift as things change in your life. But I think it can also make us a little fearful about investing because it's like, wow, like what if this changes? What if I go a different direction? What if this isn't going to look like this in six months or a year? Um, and, and I know that I kind of had some of that where it's like, what if I invest and then I don't like it anymore or I don't want it or I shift into something else? Will I feel guilty or bad that I put money here in the first place? So I was just curious if you have thoughts about kind of being brave enough to invest and take steps forward, even if it is fluid and things might change. Right. Um, so investing in the laptop freedom program and learning to become a VA I was a VA, I think, like really only technically for a month before getting hired full time to be a content curator for a coach and things. So even though I kind of called myself a VA, I had a larger title. Hmm. I think overall I was a VA for like three weeks, um, <laughs> you know, but it was something where that program made all of that possible. Hmm. Um, that investment made all of it possible. And because I had that grounding because I had that stepping stone stepping into my next role as the content curator and then stepping into the next role as a coach. Mm. It was, you know, just climbing a flight of stairs, which is challenging and hard and you end up breathless at the end, depending <laughs> on how tall the staircase is. But it's a lot easier than looking at a six foot high jump and going, how the heck am I going to get to the top of that? Mm. You know, so Sometimes you have to invest in these little things that you're like, I know this is only going to get me so far and I know that I'm eventually going to discard it, but you get it anyway because it's going to make things easier and possible down the line. Like you buy a winter coat that you're not going to use in the summer, 
but you need it in the winter. You need it right now because it's cold out and things. And, and so kind of looking at it as this, this is what I need. This is what's going to help me. And we're going to go with it. And then let's say that you invest in learning to be a virtual assistant or this or that and all these things. And then at the end of it, you discover, oh my gosh, I hated that. I never want to actually do that. Well, you can look at it as a waste. You can look at it as I just spent all this time, all this money, all this energy on learning what I didn't want to do. And now I'm left with nothing. Or you can look at it and go, well, actually, I learned what I don't want to do. <laughs> That's a good thing. Learn something positive. And then you still look for what skills can I take? Um, like we were kind of talking about how both of us left teaching. But I personally have, I learned so much mm. from my teacher education program and from being a teacher that are still applicable to my life right now as a coach. You know, I learned behavioral psychology. I learned educational foundations and scaffolding and thought processes and critical thinking. I learned all of that to be a teacher, which is still 100% applicable to being a coach. So all that time, all that experience was not a waste. I'm still using it just in a different way. Uh, yes, that resonates so much. And yeah, you can always take something, whether it's experience, a skill, a task, and carry it with you, but you don't have to kind of cling on to, yeah, the overall experience just because you invested. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So one shift that you had mentioned earlier was that you kind of had to move from an it's possible mindset into a I'm going to make my dreams come true mindset. And I would love to just hear more about that. Yeah. So that was something where, like in learning to be a VA, I'm like, okay, I know it's possible. I see people doing it. It's happening. It's a real profession. So it's possible to do it. And it's possible to teach myself how to do it. And existing in that realm of like, oh, it's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Made me feel like I was always moving towards it and that I wasn't wasting time and energy because there was a very achievable prize at the end of the at the end of the line. But the issue was that I said, well, I'm going to teach myself how to be a VA. And six months later, I had no clue how to be a VA. I had no (laughs) skills, like was still as lost as I was six months ago. And so it wasn't until I really, you know, stuck my flag in the sand and said, I am going to be a VA no matter what. I am going to figure this out. As soon as there was that fire and that passion and that resolve to not give up, no matter the cost, no matter what, that unlocked so much more. That really made it something that I was passionate about on such a deeper level. And it was in that moment that, you know, I signed up for the Laptop Freedom Program and and was hired as a VA 30, 30 days later, I think. So I went from six months of, it's possible, I'm going to do it, this is going to be great, yay me, to I am doing it, I am living it. And it was just this little transition between, you know, between words, between ideas, and between ideologies. Hmm. Yes, and I think 
um, when you say that, I had a very similar experience. And as I'm listening to you, I just hear such a clear kind of connection between making the true commitment of I will make this happen and then following that with an investment that you feel really good about. Um, Because at least I know for me, like, oh, when things are possible, like I can do this and I could do that. And I'm kind of looking at options and I'm going to teach myself and I'm going to figure it out. I'm also tending to to like, I'm going to do everything alone and I'm not looking to invest money. Um, But when I'm 110% committed and I absolutely am going to make something happen, I will find a way to put money towards it because because I understand that you you're going to have to, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. so definitely kind of seeing a a connection there. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to that, you know, scarcity versus abundance mindset. When you really, really commit to a project, when you say, I am going to learn how to make money online, 100%, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. You're willing to put the money in because you have already committed to the idea that you're going to get that return investment. Mm. I'm going to invest $1,000 to learn how to make $10,000 online. So I'm going to get that money back. It's going to come back. It'll be okay. But when you're stuck in the like, well, I, it's possible to do this. I know it is. And it's possible to do it on my own. And it's possible to hire a coach and, and all of these other options. You're not fully committing to it. And as a result, you're not already thinking of the money that's waiting for you. You're not thinking about that return investment. You're only thinking about the initial investment. And Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of that shift can happen. Oh, I love that. All right. Um, You had mentioned that you currently work as a mindset coach for aspiring entrepreneurs. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how your coaching might help entrepreneurs in their business endeavors. So, a lot of it, I think we've you know, touched on a lot of these different mindset shifts already that re- are required to really dive into something, you know, shifting between scarcity and abundance, shifting into believing that you are worthy of the happiness that you want and that you're worthy of it right now, not just 20 years from now, but right now, and that you are worthy of, you know, return investments. You are capable of those return investments. The number one thing that keeps, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs from becoming actual entrepreneurs isn't money, isn't the way you look, isn't, you know, the number of Instagram followers you have. It's not even your strategy. It's not even your business know-how. It purely comes down to your willingness and your tenacity and your resiliency and this strong inner sense of belief that you are worthy and capable of all the things that you put your mind to until you can really step into that empowered position. You're going to be stuck in the world of I want, it's possible. Wouldn't it be nice? You know, as soon as you can make those basic mindset shifts, not only are you going to be able to step into your power to become an entrepreneur and change and, you know, chase all of your dreams, but you're also going to feel it in so many other places in your life, your health, your wellness, your relationships, all these different things. So I, you know, I'm really passionate about that mindset key that unlocked everything for me and that I know can unlock so many things for so many people. Oh, that resonates so much. (laughs) (laughs) Belle, if you could encourage our listeners with one piece of wisdom from your journey, what would you want to say to them? 
I think one of the biggest things is, you know, just be courageous. Just, and that's not the same as being fearless, um, you know, because there is fear. There's very real fear that that $1,000 you're going to invest is going to be a waste. There's really big fear that it's all going to just be a pipe dream, that it's going to fall apart. That fear is real. I'm not denying that. But I'm saying, do it anyway. <laughs> just go for it anyway, because you will learn so much about yourself about the world, about possibilities, you will unlock so much more out there that you don't even know existed. Like there's just so much out there that your fear is keeping you from. So be scared of saying yes to coaching. Be scared of telling your friends and family, like, I can't go to that dinner. I can't go to happy hour because I'm working on my business. I'm working mm -hmm. on myself. Be scared of being in those situations, but do it anyway. Mm. Go for it because where you are right now of wishing and wanting and dreaming and hoping is because of your current fear that you're giving into and that you're letting block you. The only way to change is to change the way you're responding to that fear. So be courageous, step up, rise up, you know, and go for it. And just embrace the changes and the challenges that are going to come. And it's just going to be so incredibly beautiful. Yes. Oh my gosh. Belle, if people want to connect with you about business or just in life in general, how can they do that? So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I have a website. You can email me. It, like I try and be pretty accessible. I'm super friendly to it. I think the one thing I don't have anymore is a phone number because I travel. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, any other way you can think of, you can get in touch with me. But Instagram, my website, and Facebook are going to be the easiest ones. And um, there are some tricky spellings to my names <laughs> because that's my blessing and my curse and makes it really easy to get website domain names. <laughs> no one spells their name like me, but also means a lot of people miss me because it's misspelled but yeah it's bell jennings b-e-l-l-e-j-e-n-i-n-g-s yeah it's gotta get that single n <laughs> yeah um, and i will have the links to all of those down in the show notes and on the site so if you're just listening along and you want to refer back they'll be in writing so you can just click and not have to spell anything <laughs> <laughs> so Val, thank you so much for joining us here today. I am so glad that you were able to take the time to do this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to, you know, be here to help. And it, you know, of course I feel so good having resonated with you and all these different things. So I absolutely loved being here. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this chance to meet Val and learn more about her journey and her thoughts on investing in ourselves and having the courage to face our fears and make decisions that will bring us closer to our dreams. Definitely check out the show notes if you want to connect with her more. You can always find me on the web at www.rorschachyourreality or over on Instagram at rorschachyourreality.